0: Welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, sitting in their war rooms, uh, Denver Dave and Punk Raider, and we're here to talk about the Super Bowl.
1: Hey boys, happy Super Bowl week! Super Bowl,
2: yeah, it's here. It's the worst week of the year, fifty. It means you're one game away from seven months off.
0: Oh, no, but no. we have had an entire season, which is kind of crazy considering. It's kind of I mean, weird
1: that so few games have been moved and cancelled as well.
0: Well, most. no game's been cancelled, has it? It's just a couple have been moved around. But... Yeah. I mean, the
2: Broncos game against the Saints should have been cancelled. <laughs> why? Because we, we had a wide receiver throwing the ball, that's why. That's just an excuse. <laughs> should so have no the thought your own instead. that you
1: don't carry five quarterbacks on your roster.
2: Yeah, that's just lazy. No, we do, but we do, but most of them are injured and shit
0: so you know <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it as well um, this could yeah. have been a 10 minute podcast boys just uh, previewing the Super Bowl this Sunday but obviously thanks to Need and Brad Holmes we have an enormous trade that's just happened uh, for those that don't know the Rams have traded for Matthew Stafford in response they have given the Lions Jared Goff thanks very much uh, a 2021 mm-hmm. third round pick so nothing else extra for this year. They couldn't because obviously they don't have a first-round pick this year. The 2022 first-round pick for the, the Rams and the 2023 first-round pick for the Rams. That's a lot. Um, and what I guess I would want to say quickly before you guys jump in is that the 2022 first-round pick would be for Stafford because he's an upgrade. And the 2023 first-round pick would be to take on Goff's $41 million base contract that they agreed to in 2019. So, Absolutely. what do you reckon, boys? We've never seen first-round draft picks switched before. What, what do we think, Punk?
1: Well, a, a, apart from Manning and Rivers, they switched. No, no, no. I mean, no. Chargers Manning
0: and... Roy, Rivers wasn't a first-round pick. Uh, sorry, a, f- a first overall pick was what I meant to say.
1: Oh no, not that wasn't clear enough.
0: Ask. Sorry.
2: I think going to say first-round picks. picks. I was a bit confused. By sorry, that, first, but, over yeah, pick no, first overall pick for another first overall pick.
1: Oh right, yeah, no, we haven't seen that before. No, <laughs> but um, I, I, I think this is just actually the second, the second first round pick that they're giving up for the contract. Just goes to show the buyer's remorse that the Rams have had over the last what season and a half with Goff. To be mm. honest, um, I think it's it's, I think it's a good deal for the Rams, and I think it's probably a good deal for the Lions eventually. Uh, I just think the Lions are, are going to be obviously in perennial rebuild mode anyway. Uh, but the Rams are very, very much in a in a win-now situation with this, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I think, I think the Rams are in a position where they have to win now just because their cap is very short-term. Just the way that their cap is built and the players that they've soon got to pay as well. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think it suits both teams. Um, looking at the Rams, I mean, part of it is the fact that they are going to be paying dead-cap money to Jared Goff this year, um, but they're paying Jared Goff this year more money than they're paying Matt Stafford. So a huge amount of their cap is taken up on quarterbacks. Um, Matt Stafford is also taking up some dead cap money in Detroit as well. Um, so Detroit aren't getting off scot free. But when you think about it, there is—you know—Detroit aren't going to win with Matt Stafford. They'll win a couple of games. and They're not going to win anything significant. So why not trade him for a couple of first-round picks? Because and and a third as well. Because I think it makes sense for them because it gives them the ability to try and build something going forward. It makes them a more attractive proposition. It also frees them up and gives them um, it, it gives them the ability to get out of the golf tr- contract in only a couple of years.
1: Yeah, so if, they, if they if they don't love
2: golf. Yeah, if they don't love Goff, then they can, you know, X out of that with, you know, the divorce clause is very, very minimal. And it just allows them to go out and get the quarterback that they want and they've got capital if they fall in love with a guy to go and get someone. It's a big, big win for the Lions. Big win for the Lions. I mean, the it other makes them relevant.
1: The other thing with Goff being in this trade it himself is that it means the Lions haven't got to waste one of those two first-round picks on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, they, if, if, if they're quite comfortable with Goff, they can read, like you say, renegotiate his his deal. Um I don't think it makes them particularly relevant any more so than they already were. Um yeah. I think it probably means day who was a free agent in the off season anyway, uh will probably go. Um so they're gonna have to retool a little bit on offense. Um but they do have some pieces.
2: He have some think, pieces there, so I think you know. the Lions have always had pieces, they don't have a team, they've always had individual pieces in terms of receivers. They've still got Marvin Jones. I mean, Amandola's probably still going to be around because who else is going to want him? And he's a decent <laughs> yeah. you know, slot receiver, um, as well at is absolute legendary at the moment. He's the second tight end in the league in terms of reception, so I, in terms of yards, rather. So I, I think they've got pieces, but they've always had pieces. They need to build a team, that's the issue, and he's. With having the Caps base freed up, because Stafford was on a lot of money, after next season, it's going to really free them up to be able to get in guys who uh, are going to be able to help. Because when was the last time the Lions were really relevant in free agency?
1: Lions He's are never relevant to- because because they play in Detroit. Yeah, they're never they're never relevant in free agency. Um, But I mean, for me, it's I think the interesting aspect of this as well is, you know, it will be the Lions see what they do in a couple of years time. But for the Rams, you know, taking on taking on Stafford and his 20 million plus contract, along with Ramsey and Donald, who are both over the 20 million contract. Point. Then you've got kind of Cooper Cup, Robert Woods around sort of fifteen million. Yeah, you know, they really are going to be up against the cap now. You know, they've they've pretty much got to go into we win it all now or we blow the whole thing up mode for the next let's say two years, three oh. years maybe. I mean, you're you're getting Stafford in his prime. You know, he's thirty two, so he's still got a
0: good now. Before the season starts, he'll be thirty three. Before
1: the season starts, he'll be thirty three, but yeah. he's still got a good four or five years in him. At least. Without a doubt, at
2: least. Well, I think if you look at the Robert Woods, if you look at the Robert Woods contract, twelve and a half million next year, then thirteen and a half, then thirteen and three quarters, and then fifteen and three quarters, <laughs> and seventeen and a half. I mean, I don't know if there's an out in there. But there's got to be because that is a will be there a horrendous will be. contract. And then you look at Cooper Cup. There's a, was it thirteen, fourteen and a half, fourteen and a half again. They, you know, there there are going to be players leaving. And the thing is, next season they're even they're eating. Um, 8.4 million for Todd Gurley as well. So it's the way that they're managing the cap is not sustainable long term. I mean, if you listen to any major NFL outlets, you're constantly hearing that Les Need is this brilliant GM who's able to ma- massage the cap better than anyone else, etc. etc. Let's not forget also that, um, we are seeing Jared Goff going across to Detroit, but they've already uh, LA have already paid him a massive roster bonus this year, which comes yeah. off last year.
1: It did. I really don't understand. It. I didn't understand it at the time why they gave Goff such a massive contract. Yes, he got the roster done.
0: Done move, wasn't it? But so,
1: it was. Yeah. It was. You know, he was still what two, three years inside his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just didn't need to do it and and they've completely shot themselves well not shot themselves in the foot but they they're, they're going to give themselves a hard time over the next sort of 2 3 years with cap space just from the fact that they gave him that contract so yeah i get what you're saying about les needs pretty good at you know getting those mid rounders and and finding finding little gems that can that can play and you know make a difference but really you know it's a bit of a bonehead move giving him that contract because you could have got stafford Anyway, now, let's say, but without actually having to to, to swallow 20-odd million of Goff's, Goff's cap it's not as even, well. So. It's not even
2: that. They would have been able to trade Stafford for a first, a third, and maybe another third. Yeah, the only reason they're paying Detroit, round. that extra first round is for yeah. Detroit to take on that extra contract. That's mm. all that's for. Yeah. Um, I mean, imagine if Matt Stafford – I love Matt Stafford. I think he's great. I think he's massively underrated. But if he's worth two first and a third – what's Derek Watson worth? I mean, he's going to be oh, worth yeah. five, five first rounds. I mean, the only people who could possibly trade for him is the Jags. That's it. <laughs> in terms of track value, that's all they've got.
0: And you can't so trade they... them in division. So they wouldn't do that. No, no, absolutely not. But I don't want to move off this just yet because this doesn't just go through what they've given up in the future, but we've got to look back now at what they did in 2016 to, to take Jared Goff first overall in the 2016 draft. Because, the Rams weren't picked, St. Louis Rams at that point, weren't picking first. They were down in 15th. So to yep, move yep. up, they, moved up didn't they, they had to, they had to t- uh, trade with the Titans, and they gave up. To move up to get Jared Goff, they, they gave him the 15th overall pick, which um, the Tennessee Titans used on Jack Conklin, offensive tackle. He's now with the Browns. Um, the yep. 43rd pick, so two round two picks, which they took Austin Johnson and Derek Henry, with their second uh, second round pick. So
1: that
2: Derrick Henry pick's not really worked out. I, I know. know. So, yeah. They no, also that, gave. That, him- that Derrick Henry lab. No. Nah, bit useless.
0: Yeah. Um, and the third round pick as well in that draft, which they then bundled up to move up to get um, Jack Conklin. But that's that. And then in 2017, they gave up the uh, first round pick again. That was Corey Davis with the fifth overall pick, who's still there at wide receiver. Hmm. And the third round pick, which they used on John Smith. So the Titans did okay out of that trade. And from then on, there was no more first round picks because in 2018, Leslie decided, well, I'm I'm crap at drafting first round talent. So I'll just take Brandon cooks from the Pats. I'll give him my first round pick. Uh, In 2019, they gave up their first round pick uh, to Atlanta. So they could get a second and a third to try and recoup some picks there. And in 2020 and 2021, uh, that's Jalen Ramsey. that's taken their first round picks now. And then the next two years obviously will be uh, for Stafford. So, it's about eight, seven, years eight years of and not they having have a first round pick <laughs> because you 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 bet the farm on Jared Goff, then overpaid him after two years when you managed to get to a Super Bowl and score three points, and now and now you're not gonna get a chance to prick in the first round for another few years. So uh, it just kind of spins my brain around how this has worked. And yet out they for still
1: the round. have, and yet they still have what you would call generational superstar players on defense and a very, very competent offence. So they've got to be doing something right, as but well they as shooting themselves in the foot a lot well, of the they, time. They,
2: they exist only in free agency. That's the thing. They're the opposite of the Packers. The Packers don't exist in free agency. Who wants to go and live in freezing cold Wisconsin? Because they're in LA, they exist almost solely in free agency. That's where they're, you know, that's where they are. Um, and lower draft picks. They're, so to sum up, they're... they're uh, last first round pick was Jared Goff in 2016. They're not going to pick again until 2024 in the first round. And the only reason they're picking in 2024 is because you're only allowed by the NFL to trade the next three drafts. Mm-hmm. So that's 2021, two and three. That's the only reason they have something in 24. I will put my mortgage on it that they aren't picking in the first round in 2024 either. Just because <laughs> the only reason they are currently is because you're, by regulation not allowed to trade it yet and just one quick thing about
0: about the drafting process and how they keep picking up these good players just just remember okay in 2014 when they drafted aaron donald at 13 okay Mm. that wasn't their first first round pick they picked second and they picked greg robinson who exactly (laughs) offensive bust tackle greg robinson so oh, yes. they kind of luck into these players. They don't know, you know, and Todd Gurley was a third rounder, I think, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's, I mean... This thing not can... gen- No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, I, me saying earlier on that he was, a, he was this brilliant guy who could massage the cap, my tongue was firmly in my cheek when I was saying that. <laughs> it does feel like Brad Holmes um, is not taking him quite for a ride because
0: Brad Holmes was in, in LA yes. working with Snead for a long time. He's just turned up in Detroit and a week well, later... This is... He snagged his quarterback across and four picks.
2: Well, this is the but funny thing. Brad Holmes, Brad Holmes was uh, the head of scouting, director of scouting at yep. the Rams yep. at the time that they drafted Jared Cook. And apparently he Jared was God. one of the main... Jared Goff, not Jared Cook. <laughs> Jared Cook's a terrible quarterback. Yeah. Better um, tight so end. Better than your wide yeah. receiver. Well, he's not that good at tight end. <laughs> Let's put it that way. He's a decent catcher. He can't block. Ooh. But... He can't. So Jared Goff was hmm. he was championed by Brad Holmes. Holmes has now gone to uh, Detroit and got the guy that he believed in. So he's laughing. You know, he's got a guy that he firmly believes. We would assume um, is his guy. I mean, because you can look. What is the drop off between um, between Goff and? Stafford we don't know at the moment because there's been no like for that like comparison we can sit here and say well Goff has had a brilliant offensive line and he's had good wide receivers and he's had protection and he's still not done it but at the same time he's playing in the most difficult division in football mm-hmm. and he's playing in a scheme that's difficult to master he might go to Detroit and it might everything might just fall into place and be easy for him and Stafford might come in and, and really struggle we just, we just don't know yet. I'll tell I mean, you what,
1: I've got a question for you both, though. Just looking on. a little bit wider on this, just, just to extrapolate it out from just Goff and and Stafford for a minute. So, you're now the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. You're sat in a division with Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and now Matt Stafford. Yep. What do you do? Fire up Jimmy G. Fire up Jimmy G? Or yeah. do you... Bank the house and start going after someone like Derek Watson. <laughs> I love the fact we call him Derek now. Anyone <laughs> yeah, um, listening for the first time, not going to get that, but that's his
2: first no. name. <laughs> yeah, it is. Derek D. Sean Watson. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I also, well, if we're going to start talking real names, I'm not calling Juju Smith Schuster Juju Smith Schuster. I'm just calling him <laughs> John Smith because that's his real name. Anyway, I digress. um I don't, yeah. G, uh, no, coin, I don't believe in Jimmy to G because to coin uh, the uh, John Gruden, uh, the best what is the best ability? Availability. Availability. And Jimmy G is never available. Um, oh. If it's me and I'm the 49ers, you have to look at doing one of two things. Going and getting someone in free agency or... Go and get someone in the draft. Now, I don't know where they're picking in the draft offhand. I can probably have a look, but I suspect it's not high enough to get one of the main guys. So that means you have to be falling in love with someone like twelve Mac Jones, who they're twelve. So then, I mean, you could trade up maybe if they could if they could have a word with the 49ers uh, with um, the Patriots to say, "Look, we'll give you Jimmy G, swap first round picks. Maybe there'll be a little compensation pick in there later on." I think the, the Patriots are going to be a little bit sort of their desire to actually get more draft picks is going to be higher because they forfeited picks in later rounds as well. Maybe that would sort of set them higher to, to actually... The Patriots are picking you know, 15. Give... Oh, well, that blows that theory out then. Not a... the Patriots, <laughs> you can't move 17? up. Oh, no. No, no, they can't. You're absolutely right then. Um, so therefore, you're either looking to trade in the draft or you're going in free agency. Um I don't necessarily think that there's anyone out there who's better than Jimmy J, but there's guys who are going to be available, um, which is a big thing. So I think you... Potentially, Sam Donald's obviously the nearest. I don't believe that Cam Newton's the answer uh, for the 49ers. The 49ers did... It is rumoured that the 49ers did try and trade first-round picks for Matt Stafford. Um, So we know that they're in the market, but quite what they do is uh, is different I I genuinely don't know what the answer though, is interesting
1: though would not it it will be interesting I gen- to see genuinely what they do don't do know do what the answer is, yeah cuz they you know you, you could make an argument now that the 49ers actually are probably the worst team in that division all of a sudden yeah. and yet they were in the Super Bowl <laughs> last season
0: <laughs>
1: a little bit a little oh worse. you must love the NFL well no I mean you look at it. the Cardinals are on the way up you know you've got the Rams now with a pretty solid unit on both sides of the ball you've got the Seahawks who, let's be honest, if they didn't, hadn't had such a bad defense this year, would have been there or thereabouts. So, you know, it, I think I think there's an argument to be made. But, yeah, I think it it just becomes a lot more interesting in that division next season if if the 49ers can pick up another quarterback. Because I'm the same opinion as you, Dave, but I don't think Jimmy is the answer at all.
2: No, I think when he plays, he's good. Um, I don't think he wins them too many games, but he certainly doesn't lose them games. Looks great on a poster um, as well. So that's always yeah, good. Yeah, the one thing out. that well, he's not my type, but one thing that I, don't, really? I hope that they don't do is they don't go out and get um, someone who shouldn't be there. So I hope they don't go and get a Wentz because it's not going to help them. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? I hope they make the right decision. I hope. Well, apparently, but I also hope to be, isn't he? Because I hope that they don't go and get a Tarod Taylor or someone, you know, someone like that. It's just somebody to fill a gap. gap. Yeah, Yeah, just go and get the right guy. And if the right guy's not there, stick. I mean, Nick Mullen's fine. Nick Mullen potentially is the reason that the Rams have fallen off golf because Nick Mullen beat the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Um, where there was four turnovers from Goff. And it could well be at that point that they said, OK, well, he can't be a Nick Mullen-led injury-ravaged 49ers team, so he's not our guy. Well, you could tell something was um, up when
0: John Wolford was uh, being touted as being the uh, having a, a, an actual fight for the starting job next season. Yeah. And that when he was in the playoffs, they started Wolford over Goff, even though Goff then came in and played the majority of the game because Wolfe got injured. Yeah, but Goff was terribly injured at
2: that point as well. His shoulder he, looked
0: absolutely A couple destroyed. of weeks off the thumb surgery, but he was still throwing the ball. Mm. So all I'm, all yeah. I'm saying is, you know, if, if you really loved your quarterback, you'd have been begging him to come in. And they didn't seem that bothered. So, and, and they move quickly. I, I understand why they've moved. They've had an upgrade on their quarterback position, but I can't help feeling that Brad Holmes has pulled off a masterstroke here because he gets two years of Goff and he can just throw him away after two years without taking any cap hit, and yeah, he's picked yeah. up another couple of round first round picks to play with. So,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you look at the so I'm on uh, a PFF, um, I'm on a PFF uh, doc, uh, article that says who are the best free agent ranking uh, free agents uh, quarterbacks out there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, James McIn- Winston. Well, we can discount the first couple. So Dak Prescott.
1: Dak, Tam, Prescott, Dak
2: yeah, Dak Prescott's going to be in Dallas. We know that, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Philip Rivers. Well, that's not going to. He's not going to be bought back. Yeah, no, he's exactly. Fitz. Now, I love Fitz, but he there's no way he's going to the 49ers. Not at this yeah, stage of his career no. as a starting quarterback. Then it's Jameis Winston. I mean. Is James Winston the guy you want? No. He's just a more expensive Torod Taylor. He's just another version He's not of even the, the guy Taylor the Saints want. With one. more picks. Exactly. So then you go going down the list to Cam Newton, I mean, a few years ago, maybe. Andy Dalton, just now. No. And then you got Torod Taylor, the aforementioned. Number eight, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, how I would love. To have that, Imagine going into a season where Mitchell Trubisky is your starter against Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, and the bloke in Seattle who's no good either. And then the other one is um, Jacoby Brissett. There is no one really in free agency. You're going to have to make a play. Mm. So it's going to be Donald, Went. Maybe if they love someone who another team is trying to move off like Daniel Jones, I don't think that's a possibility either. But they could make a play if they really felt that. It's just, if you're the 49ers, you've missed your boat now. And it puts you in somewhat of a difficult spot. So it wouldn't surprise me if they do either stick with what they have or make a move in the draft. Because I don't think free agency actually offers them what they want. I mean, unless they... Again, make a massive play for someone who, they, if they may look and go, Derek Carr. We love, we love Derek Carr. Let's go for him. We know that the Raiders don't necessarily want him. He protects the ball and does what we want him to do. So we're going to initiate that trade. I think the Raiders might then look at it. But,
0: but there, there are rumors that the Raiders are looking at shipping exactly. off Carr to then bundle up picks yeah. for Watson.
1: Yeah, but we've 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 kind of had this merry-go-round for about well since Gruden came back in with Carr, and it's more a case of do they get on together? Well, you know. In theory, yes, you'd love to sit there and go, we can put together a package that will get us Watson. But I think in the cold light of day, realistically, it's just not going to happen. We just don't have the capital available to do it. Um, even if you, even if you, you know, leveraged car for a similar amount as you've just done with Goff, yeah, you know, if it's two ones and a three, we're still not going to have enough to get to get Watson. So you know, just unless the Texans completely drop their asking price down to they won't something sensible, which they're not they going to do because they're in they're in a massively strong position on this. Yeah, are they short? Yeah, of course they are. I, he signed I, a new I, contract last season, and I, all doubt, I doubt this somehow because look, if the player
0: wants to, if wants to sit out, then that knocks down their bargaining ability. It's a bit like well, a bit like the Cincinnati position with Palmer. Because
2: if you he'll
1: just send JJ Watt around to use him as a bench press. For he'll a probably be in Green Bay. Yeah. JJ Watt is not going to
2: be in Green Bay. you he might, might know be. you've been watching. It's he's not going to gonna be in Green Bay. No, he's not. He's going to yeah. be somewhere nice and warm to help those shoulders and those elbows. Those and he's be warm. Yeah. He is not going to be in, in uh, Wisconsin next year. Well, I was going to say, somewhere
1: nice and warm yeah. like Texas. Yeah. You could, you could mm, tell from before
2: the draft in 2014,
0: that Gruden didn't really like Carr as much when he was doing yeah. his QB camps. And he got Carr I think, in. See, I, I understand I think you're, you're, right. you're, you're you're perfectly fine, but you could tell he he knew that he wasn't a special quarterback, and so oh yeah, no, absolutely. That they yeah, no, move I don't think on and that's changed.
1: I don't think that's changed. I think you're right. I think I think Gruden has has kind of tailored his offense around Carr a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think I said first Pollack came back on this season. You know, I've never seen a quarterback miss in the, the red zone as often as Carr does. It's ridiculous um mm. which you know won't went endear him to gruden at all
2: can I, uh, can and i can i raise you i honestly you think <laughs>
1: yeah, honestly <laughs> I honestly think if if there was an option there for gruden to drop car and pick up watson he would be all over it i well, just can't is... i can't make the maths work it, the, no. i just don't see the route to watson
2: it's not just that it's from a cap perspective as well you're currently i think 12 or 13 million over in your cap space now if you get rid of car somehow that's only going to free up 20 20 odd million for next year so that's you're then able to potentially go and get him but what you're then going to have to do is sell the farm and create cap space significant amount um, which means getting rid of a lot of your defensive weapons that you have which are coming up onto fifth year contracts Um, and essentially you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. It doesn't make sense from a numbers perspective. I think you're going to have to have some kind of uh, effective cap space for you to be able to actually go out and get um, someone like Sean Watson. I just don't see the numbers being there, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's a very around-the-houses idea, I think it all stems from having to find some sucker that would give up two first-round picks to, the, to Las Vegas in the first place, for them to then package up three first-round picks at least for for Watson, and and go from there. So I don't think it's really got legs, but it's more talking to the fact that Vegas want to move on from Derek Carr and they're kind of testing the water to see if anyone's willing to kind yeah. of
2: pay well, for him. We don't know. We don't know that because this is all speculation. Um, of course, what well, we love. I her. mean, Gro- I'm not being funny, but how often, how often does Gruden look happy about something? Most of the time, we see him <laughs> on the sideline having a pop. We don't know what happens. You know, Gruden. I mean, Carl might be his guy. He might be going. You are my guy. Go out there. You're my leader. You're my dude. I doubt it, but maybe. Nah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. But but ultimately, we if they, if they are...
1: got about thirty million in cap space available. So, at the moment, yeah. At the moment, we've got about thirty million. I'm just looking it up now. So we've got about thirty million available.
2: Dep- no, the, the you're cost- 10 over. You're ten point ten point five million over next season.
1: No, we've we've well, we haven't got the cap set for next season yet, so we can't. Anticipated up, uh, cap li-
2: and anticipated one, cap is going to be one eight one eight nine.
1: Okay, so it comes down by ten. So we've got we've got twenty, 20 available because we're only at one fifty three now. So, from 198. Right. Caps are there to be broken, no? boys.
0: <laughs> they mean nothing. Just ask the Saints. Well, yeah, there is that as well.
2: Well, the Saints are significantly over. No, I think... So, you've got... Um, you've got a little bit of dead money, but no, generally, it's looking as though yours is 198. one uh, 192, sorry.
1: No, we're 153 at the minute. Look, as for, for a
0: pre-Super Bowl <laughs> podcast, this is far too much talk about the Raiders, all right?
1: I'd love it. It's, it's it's absolutely brilliant. I think we should carry on. The fact that but you no, know, it's I I think, I th- I think it's it's format. just going to make it interesting. I think the fact that the Stafford Goth things happened so early is is going to make the QB carousel this year very entertaining because I think there's going to be a lot of movement around. Well, it's like, I mean, yeah. I mean, we still don't know, like we say with Wentz, where he's going to end up, and so on and so forth. So. Donald. Darnold, yeah, Bridgewater. there's always a possibility there. Bridgewater's, well, I think Bridgewater probably stays in Carolina for a year, another year.
0: We're talking about him moving up in the draft. There's a lot of teams that need a quarterback next year, maybe even Tampa Bay.
1: Who knows? Maybe, maybe.
0: So with that, boys, let's, let's talk about Super Bowl 55. Should we start with the injury reports? So everyone wants to find out who's playing and who's not. Uh, Le'Veon Bell for the Chiefs, he didn't practice last week assume he's going to play some part, potentially. Willie Gay, though, this season's second-round pick underwent knee surgery, so he's definitely out. Uh, the big news, obviously, is about that O-line for the Chiefs. So, long-time starting right guard, Lauren uh, DeVerney tardif heroically opted out of the season to help treat COVID patients. That was before the season started. The off-season addition of left guard, Kalichi uh had a knee injury, was sent on to IR. He's been sidelined since week five. The former number one overall uh, left tackle, Eric Fisher. Uh, pulled his Achilles in the uh, AFC Championship game. All-world right tackle Mitchell Schwartz has a back injury. He was sidelined since week six. And backup centre Daniel Kilgore needs to be keep testing negative for COVID in order to play on Sunday, which means their starting offensive line could consist of Mike Remmers at left tackle, who before the AFC Championship game hadn't played that position since 2016. Left guard Nick Allegretti was a 2019 seventh round pick. Centre Austin Reiter was a 2015 seventh round pick. Right guard Stefan Wisniewski, who was released by the Steelers in November. And right tackle Andrew Wiley, who was a 2018 undrafted free agent.
1: It's good, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I mean, they still beat the, they beat the Bills
0: a uh, couple of weeks ago. So. I mean,
2: if I'm, J, if I'm JPP and I'm Shaq Barrett, I am licking my lips on this one. <laughs> um, some slightly better news for the Chiefs is that Sammy
0: Watkins is feeling good after a calf injury and thinks he's going to be available. And centre Daniel Kilgore and wide receiver DeMarcus Robinson are also looking good after COVID close contact scares earlier this week uh, following a haircut. you got to look <laughs> fresh for the Super Bowl. You have, yeah. But they didn't actually test okay. positive and they've tested negative since a couple of times. Yeah, so no, um, should be fine.
1: It's, uh, it's it's one of those situations, isn't it? Where, all right, you know, next man up. There's There's not a lot you can do about it. You know, a lot of those uh injuries certainly a Semele, who was playing really well actually those first mm. five weeks of the season he's he's been quite a quite a huge loss for them um but they 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 yeah the chiefs the chiefs seem to be able to to slide linemen in and out without too much of a problem um i think you're right uh, dave and what you're saying about i think shaq Barrett and um j p p uh, JPP and Sue and Vitaver, I think they'll all they'll all be kind of sitting there going, "Yeah, we can we can really fill our boots here, lads." Um, but I, I, you know, it's we'll the just have to is, see how it plays on the day, won't we? It, but... it
2: forms it forms the it forms the game for uh for uh, the Buccaneers on defense, so it means that they can essentially go four and five on pass rush, and then have a rat. at... Uh, uh, behind the line, who's going to be basically making sure that Mahomes doesn't do his usual thing of rushing for a first down, even though he looks as though he's not moving that quickly. But that boy covers some ground, I can tell you. He's <laughs> just so, pretending, isn't he? Well, he, he, he never looks as though he's moving that quick. And then you look and he's, out, he's eating yards. He, That's the he's, thing. He's,
1: he's got stride, hasn't he? He's, yeah, he's got like, one of those strides that takes about three and a half yards per stride. So,
2: you remember, this is slightly off kilter. do you remember Ben Cohen, the rugby player? Yeah,
1: yeah. I went to London
2: Irish, and he was playing for I can't Gloucester or Sale or whoever it was. And he stole the ball at one point and was running. And you looked at him and think he's not running. And then it's like you just look at him in real life, and he's just eating. He's monster in yards. You're thinking, Jesus Christ, he's rapid. And that's that's pretty much what he's like. He doesn't look fast, but he just eats yards. So they're gonna have a rat sneak, and then basically be able to sit back on the secondary and just cover the wide receivers. They're gonna be able to go man for man with additional covers. So I think it kind of sets the defensive cover for um the Buccaneers so we know what they are going to do um we know sort of what the Chiefs are going to go, going to do on defense they're going to give you opportunities and rely on talent to get them out of a hole because that's what they always do um so it makes it interesting uh, I think the the we know that the Chiefs are going to score points because they always do um we know that the Bucks are going to create the Chiefs problems because they always do but you know, we know what is going to happen that side of the ball. The big question mark is, is the Buccaneers' offense going to be able to keep up? That's the big storyline on this. It's nothing to do with what the Chiefs will do. The Chiefs will go in and score between 20 and 30 points.
1: Well, it, depend- it
2: depends, doesn't it? I mean, if, if how would you beat the Chiefs? Well, the way the
1: Chargers and the Raiders did it this year, bearing in mind that the Chiefs have won 25 of their last 27 games, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to run the ball you have to keep that offense off the field there's there's no way the bucks can win this in a shootout
2: um, yeah, and the 49 they... did not run the ball well last year i know they had the yards but they didn't run it enough no mm-hmm. yeah the the chiefs the chiefs
1: defense is not good against the run we've seen that you know We've seen that in in multiple games, not just ones they've lost, but also ones where they've won. They just don't like playing the run. They
2: can't do it. A play-action slide kills them. I mean, we did it four times on the bounce with Melvin Gordon, and each one he got about seven or eight yards. Anyone who doesn't know, that's basically where you play play play-action. Your left guard swings around to the right to create an extra gap, or your right guard swings around to the left to create a gap that way. And it's basically a play-action slide, and you get yards every single time. And what's the one thing that that Buccaneers offense does with Ronald Jones? Play yeah. action slides constantly. Exactly. That's literally what they do. Exactly. So so and and then just to go, pick up on one
1: thing you said about going man man uh, on the receivers, I wouldn't do that at all. I'd I'd sit in a cover three and just, just absolutely zone the hell out of them, keep
2: everything in front, and just keep, keep them to 10, 15-yard passes.
1: No, That's... no, this
2: is this is, this is is the issue. Because normally, you're having to rush with, four, well, five or six, with then two or three sitting deep. You can't go man-on-man. You don't have that option. With They're not going to play cover three. They're going to play cover five with a sneak. So they're going to have the option of going man with zone coverage as well. They're going to have so many back. They're going to be a standard. They're going to be playing nickel as, as a minimum. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you, you play nickel match.
1: against the Chiefs anyway because purely oh, yeah, because Kelsey's Kelsey's too quick for you not to be able to. But um, yeah, I, th- I just I I think those those are the mainstays for what the Bucks have to do to to be able to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, they have to run the ball, they have to keep the elephants off the field, and they have to have to you know stop those big plays. Um, they can't get caught out, especially early, because In- if they go two three scores down, they're not coming back from it.
2: In the last Super Bowl, where the Chiefs played the 49ers, um, the 49ers, well, the Chiefs didn't run the ball particularly well. They did okay. Um they it wasn't exactly legendary. I mean, um, I think it was Damian Williams ran it 17 times, got over a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. The 49ers running backs ran it seventeen times, the same as Williams on his own. There was extra runs yeah. from I think Debo Samuel and I think Garoppolo yeah, they at one had some point started running and, down, yeah, yeah like running downfield with his with his head bobbling everywhere, thinking he was rushing But they didn't run to rush the ball enough. And that was their strength in the playoff games running up to the Super Bowl. Um you have to see the Bucks running the ball better. You have to, and of course, when things have got tight this season against the Saints, against the Saints, uh, the Bucks ran the ball like three times. Um, yeah, the, you know you, that's something that you can't afford to happen. In a weird way, one thing that we always see Brady do is defer kickoff. So he wants the last possession of the first half. It's what we all do on Madden as well. Kick off and receive at halftime. Receive after every if they win the exactly. coin toss. And the one thing I think that the Chiefs, I think, should ab- if the Chiefs win the coin toss, one thing they absolutely should do is get the first possession. Put them under pressure or score first. Because if you do that, that alone, judged from what we've seen this season, might be enough to negate that run play. It, it genuinely might, because we've seen it. When the Bucks go down, they don't run the ball. Yeah, and they they
1: get away from the run game, and Brady's arm can't hold out throwing fifty times in a Super Bowl. I'm sorry, it just can't. There's no way it can. I mean, if I it mean, does, that any Saints game is the exact team. is the exact exact copy of what happened there. I mean, for the for the Chiefs to beat the Bucks, they they've got a few things of their own that need to happen. They need Okafor, Clark, and Jones to actually get pressure on Brady. They can't hmm. let Brady just sit in the pocket and and pick his targets. Um. They can't let them have the long balls that the... Uh, who did they play last week? The Packers. Saints. Packers. They can't let them have those long balls that the Packers were doing. The Packers were sitting in this weird kind of hybrid man zone formation thing where they were just leaving far too many gaps for Evans and Godwin to run into. Um, the Bears, actually, when they beat the Bucks, were really good at just sitting back and and just keeping everything in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need to do that um, and and the other thing the chiefs need to do is just make them play catch up get in front, like you said they get in front early get two or three scores up or you know 14 3 17 7 something like
2: that and then just just play your normal game don't even worry about what they're doing. I think it's interesting what you said. I I slightly disagree on the way the Packers played. I think the way the Packers played him on defense was perfect it's kind of what you do in one day cricket you give them you give someone runs because it leads to wickets and they were giving the receiver space downfield making him throw the ball and then picking him off so jairo alexander got what was it two three interceptions yeah. something like that i think you are right in the fact it was that weird hybrid between man and zone but, but it was forcing him his space throwing the ball and then picking him and we saw I, that on a number of occasions yeah. four. i don't I do. think the yeah i don't think the chiefs have that ability to do it though What I'm picking the Packers up
1: on is there was just too much of a gap between the linebackers and uh, the safeties. Just close that gap by about five to seven yards and it just stops that window of opportunity for Brady to slide it in because he's literally, he's going to have to be pin-perfect accurate to get it between... Where the linebacker
2: lane finishes and the the safety lane will come in. So I think the I reason just... we saw that, though, the reason we saw that for the Packers is because they have safeties and corners who are, who have the speed to get there. So they show them the door and then are quickly able to close it. I don't think the Chiefs have that ability, so I don't even think that's part of the game plan. I think I think they will completely come away from that and just go, okay, we want to cover the- we want to cover the receivers, we want to cover them properly. What I think we will probably see in this game is someone like Cameron Bray have a monster game. Just because, you know, we know Brady and tight ends, they have this amazing love affair. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me if something like that happens. And sort of the Antonio Brown, I don't know if he's actually playing. I know there was talks of injuries and stuff. Um, Mike Evans and Godwin are going to be almost like the decoys where they're just going to spend all game running 20 yard routes all game. So, but I I agree in the fact that they are going to have to keep tight coverage and not give them the ability to open the door because when they do we've seen this season already Brady is able to thread the pass on those medium term passes a lot of his long yards um, are coming with yards after the catch Yeah,
0: but he is starting to throw it a lot more down the field let's have a quick look at the Bucks injury uh, report let's have a flick through that so linebacker Levante David is dealing with a slight hamstring injury Antonio Brown's knee injury is clearing up which is good news for everyone safeties Antoine Winfield Jr. and Jordan Whitehead missed last week's practice Mike Evans was limited at that practice. And running back Kenyon Barna is designated to return from IR this week. So that's interesting, as we haven't seen anything from him. Um, just wanted to talk about, so Brady's racked up nine big-time throws on passes, thrown at least 20 yards downfield this postseason. other quarterback has thrown more than five such passes. A lot of these have come off play-action opportunities, which is a positive against the Chiefs' defense that ranks 21st in touchdown rate allowed on any play-action passes. So they'll be looking to try and establish that. So you're right. The, it's it's what I
2: say. The play action is a massive part of it.
0: As uh, Al Davis always said, you've got to hit that quarterback in the first 15 plays. He's got to go down. He's got to go okay. down hard. Um, and we know what happens to a 43-year-old if they go down hard. Um, <laughs> other, <laughs> other things to talk about then for the Bucks. So ignoring the wide receiver duo of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin for a second. How about Leonard Fournette? So the former Jags fourth overall pick has three hundred thirteen yards and three touchdowns in the past three weeks. It's, it's been interesting to see how he's kind of improved. Obviously, you've picked up midseason. People weren't sure if he was going to work out or not. They already had Ronald Jones. They had Kenyon Barnia, but obviously he got injured, uh, and he has kind of played up to the um, the postseason run, and has started to
1: get more touches off Brady. Yeah, you're right, and and he's done well, but. If you're the Chiefs, you you negate that by getting up early. If mm. if you want to get the Bucks out of their run game, because the Bucks the Bucks will come out running. I, I can guarantee if they get the ball from kickoff, then the Bucks are going to run. Uh, you know, eighteen play, nine minute drive that chews up the clock, and and they're just going to keep keep running for net and and uh, Jones down the field and until and you know Mahomes is cold and. They're not bothered anymore. So, you know, the the Chiefs have to get them away from the running game. Now, they've already proven in the game against the Saints and, and one or two others that when they do fall behind, they completely forget about the running game. So Mm -hmm. what you were saying before about play action and, and the majority of their big passes coming from play action, well, you can stop that if you can get them out of the run. And there's two ways to do it. Either stuff it at the line, which the Chiefs are not going to do. There's, there's, they just don't have the players on defense to be able to, to stop the run consistently. So the other way you do it is by getting up and getting up big so that they have no option but to throw the ball.
2: I agree. The only way that they can stop the run, well, they can stuff it at the line, but what they have to do is... Um, move Chris Jones into this run-stopper mode, which you absolutely don't want to do because his, no. the best thing that he can do is turn into a rushing quarterback. I think you're absolutely right. And it's sort of what I said earlier in the fact that you have to make them chase because when they chase, they abandon it. The interesting thing is Leonard Fournette's taken a long time to get up to speed. He didn't really join the Bucks. Um, halfway through the season, and we joined him on the second of September. It's just it was so grossly unfit that <laughs> It took him actually a long time to actually get getting the like games, and time. also didn't help. Yeah, it also didn't help that Rojo was um, yeah, doing was. so so well, yeah. uh, and he sort of don't just wasn't getting the field, and then Jones got injured, and he sort of got his chance. I like now. I think he's a decent decent player when he's actually playing well and with a bit of confidence. Um, the problem is he's never been on the stage before. And we've seen that on the big games on Monday night football, he, you know, people wind him up. He has a stupid moment and then punching mm. someone. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if we see something like that. <laughs> the other thing is Leonard Fournette in terms of receptions is legit. He is a very good receiving back.
0: They, that was, you know, was one
2: of his posits coming out of,
0: of college from LSU. They said he yeah. was a, a pass catching back, but then you turned into Adrian Peterson when he had the ball, but, um, Never yeah. quite Wait, 100,
2: it in 134 reception yards, uh, 134 receptions for over a thousand yards, um, catching the ball. So I think he did show it in Jacksonville. The problem is that I just don't think they were necessarily big yards,
0: no,
2: um. Uh, I, I think with Adrian Peterson, the reason you saw it is because he'd catch a, a five-yard little handoff and then break 19 tackles, smash a guy to the ground and score a touchdown for 80 yards, whereas I don't think Fournette's were necessarily that. Was, also run it with his running style. Him.
0: He turned into Adrian Peterson where he'd look to initiate contact and, uh, and then bounce off.
2: Yeah, and we'll talk about we Mike said. Evans he...
0: quickly because um, inside the 10-yard zone, boys, he's been targeted 15 times this season. He's had 10 receptions for 10 touchdowns and one drop pass out of those 15 uh, attempts on him. So if you are betting on first touchdown scorer, then Mike Evans might be uh, a good shout. Yeah. Um, Chris Chris Godwin, on the other hand, has dropped more passes than he has for his last three seasons combined in the postseason. (laughs) It's quite strange, but there you go. And he had uh, Winston thrown at him
2: before that. I was going to say Chris Godwin's a funny one because I don't think he's a number one receiver. A lot of people do. I just don't. Think he's necessarily a number one receiver. I think he's he's a good second, but certainly not first. Um, I think it's being shown up by the play that you know the fact that Brady is not Brady doesn't go to him. Brady goes to either his tight ends, either um, Gronkowski or Bray, and I think Bray's really underrated. He stepped up with OJ Howard being injured, um, and then he either goes to Antonio Brown or he goes to Mike Evans. And I think it's for, or Scotty Miller.
0: There's another one, Taylor Johnson. I think is a
2: draft pick they picked up uh, this year. He's looked all right. Yes, I mean that's 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 scraping the barrel of knowledge there. Well done. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, I like that. No, I, I think it, Godwin's not his go-to guy. He's, we've seen it a number of times. I think Brady loves you if you don't really drop balls. If if you're a safe pair of hands, I mean, Scotty Miller dropped one and he didn't throw. Brady didn't throw to him for a fortnight. Yeah. Um. So I think that that's kind of where it goes. So it wouldn't surprise me if Chris Godwin comes out of this with maybe two receptions for 15 yards and that's his Super Bowl. <laughs> it genuinely it's wouldn't surprise me. Kind of me.
1: weird though because Godwin during the regular season didn't drop anything. He was getting targeted. He was getting touchdowns, you know, it's a, it, something seems to have happened to him in the off season that, that yeah, has made Brady look away from him more and more. So I don't know, maybe, maybe something behind the scenes there. I don't know. It's, it's a strange one. It might, it
2: might just be an injury. Could be, could be.
0: Now these two teams did play in week 12, actually. It was a 27, 24 win to KC in that game. And, uh, Tyreek Hill absolutely destroyed the Bucks in that game. He had 13 catches for 269 yards and three touchdowns. He wasn't the quarterback that day. That was just him as receiver, putting up those points. Um,
1: and didn't he didn't he get 200 in just one quarter?
0: Yeah, yeah. First quarter, he he had over 200 yards uh, <laughs> receiving. Yeah, <but> we've seen <laughs>
2: we've seen a hundred times what happens in the regular season, what happens in the postseason, they're not not even the same sport. They're not related well in any He was way. still going
0: up against Carlton Davis, who's the Bucks number one
2: cornerback for most of those uh receptions. Yeah, but it's the postseason, it's it's completely different. I mean how many times have we seen quarterbacks play great in the regular season and turn out to be utter dross Lamar Jackson? Well I
0: was about um, to counter it Dave by saying that in that week twelve game, while both of the, both of Brady's interceptions were his fault, he did do three hundred and forty five yards, which were the second most allowed by the Chiefs all season. And he was just one of four signal callers to throw three touchdowns against that defense. But like you said, we should just forget that because he can't do it in the postseason. So I'll ignore all of those stats there. Um, (laughs) Let's let's talk about um, the Bucks defense and what they can do, because unfortunately for the Bucks, Mahomes is in the top 10 against any defensive coverage you want to put out there. So two man, the number three in the league, cover zero. They're in the top 10, cover one, they're number one in the league, cover two, cover three, quarters, cover six, red zone, <laughs> all of those there in the top ten, or most of them Makes in the top five, does it? against those, those uh, defensive schemes. So unfortunately, mate, there's not a lot that um, Todd Bowles is going to be able to scheme up that's going to phase Mahomes. And there's more stats that show he's even better under pressure than he is when he's got a clean pocket. He's, so, he's not unused to a clean pocket anyway. He's just, you know, he's it's, okay it's, at throwing it's, on it's the key. run. He doesn't have to set his base before he can launch a ball either. So um there's not a lot you can
1: do it's kind of us repeating ourselves though in that you know the best bucks defense is to keep the offense off the chiefs offense off the field it's as simple as that they they've got to they've got to monster the time of possession they've got to run the ball they've just got to consistently move the chains you know there there's no way that bucks defense can hold up for the full 60 minutes um it might do really yeah. well in the first half it might do really well in the second half I, I just don't see it. I don't see that without the ball control of the offense. I mean, as much you know, the Bucks' defense has played extremely well throughout the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they've got all the pieces they need there to do it. But Casey just has so many weapons and can hit you so quickly.
2: Yeah. I, I, I again, I agree.
0: Yeah. Mahomes has got a postseason record of twenty-one touchdowns to two interceptions. Those two came in the Super Bowl, and we haven't seen Mahomes lose by more than eight points in nearly half a decade. The last time he lost by more than eight points was in November 19th, 2016 against Iowa state.
2: <laughs> and the award for the most irrelevant stats of the <laughs> week goes to. I've got more. I've got more. <laughs> I mean, I've never been beaten in the NFL at all. As a, as a starting quarterback, I have never been beaten in you the haven't. NFL. How's that for? Undefeated. You? Yeah.
1: Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I've got as many Premier League winners medals as Steven Gerrard so but he's also true <laughs> <laughs> and Duncan Ferguson and Duncan Ferguson yeah
0: there's also some good kick returners on both sides here. so McCall Hardman can be great if he secures a catch and
2: Jayden Mickens on the other side look pretty good at um getting good field position for, for the Bucks I mean let me just say this if I'm a Chiefs fan and Miko Hardman is standing back there in the Super Bowl to catch a ball I'm nervous I know, oh, he can, I know he's going to be him or Byron or maybe Tyreek I'm nervous Tyreek Hill we've seen return it a couple of times but I am still nervous after what happened in the playoffs because the thing is is he standing there and that ball's coming down to him hmm. you can't tell me there's not a little bit of his brain just because don't f*** it up don't don't, don't fumble this everyone's watching everyone's <laughs> watching and he's going oh, as it's coming down to his hand I'm not feeling that no I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did go into his hands,
0: just came back out again. It was very strange that that fumble. Yeah. So, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, the Chiefs have a 52 percent chance of winning this game. So, and the over/under is Chiefs are, are under three to uh, to win this game.
1: Yeah, that so, that probably feels right. Let's talk about
0: the betting boys before we talk about the actual score and the winner. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on the over-under for the national anthem. So there's all these kind of extra weird bets. So the current betting what? is that there's an over-under for 1 minute 59 for how long the anthem's going to take to Who, sing.
1: Who's singing the anthem this year? I do don't know. know. <laughs> I'll go under
2: one fifty-nine. Okay. I couldn't care less. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it's the Baja men and <laughs> they sing it in the style of Who Let The Dogs Out. I couldn't care less about the national anthem, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, but is it going to be more than 1 minute 59?
2: It's going to be exactly 1 minute 59. As oh, that's the a wash. Okay. Uh, how about who's scoring the first touchdown, boys? Um, I kind of like... I think Kansas will kick off first. Um, and I kind of like the Travis Kelsey bet. Okay.
0: Travis Kelsey is at just, plus 600. So he is the favourite to score first.
2: Just plus just, 600. What's that in? What's that in Church of England? I don't
1: know. It's about six to
2: one, and that. Yeah, say six to one. Can't be roughly six to
1: one. Yeah, Jeez. it will be. Well, yeah. at this point in the game, we don't know who's kicking off. So you know, I, I will flip that then and say for the Bucks, um, it's going to be uh, Leonard Fournette. Oh, okay. With the first touch, I don't right?
2: think Leonard Fournette starts the game. I think um, I think Ronald Jones starts think, the game.
1: I think you're right, but I think they get down. They they do their running thing, get down inside yeah. the five, and Fournette bashes it in. But why would not you throw um, it to Mike? Jones has stood 10 up, touchdowns on fifteen passes. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe he will. But you ask for my choice. There's <laughs> right. my choice. You've got you've got fifty three players on either side to pick from. That's the one. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You or it go. could be Jeremiah Ledbetter with an I'm not, interception. I'm not, in not telling you to
1: put your mortgage on it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, we've also got Tyreek Hills at 6.5 to 1, according to Dave. Uh, Evans is 10 to 1. Cameron Brait is 19 to 1. Mahomes is only 18 to 1 to so score the first touchdown.
2: Yeah, no, when was the last time, time you saw him rush in? <laughs> no, it's
0: yeah. not worth a pun. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> how about then, how many players will throw a pass? The line's at 2.5.
1: Yeah, that, uh, so, so what they're saying is there's at least well, one someone, wide receiver or backup yeah, quarterback well,
0: someone else for coming a, in a, a pass, pass in the game. But uh, the last last yeah, Super Bowl over. that
2: Brady... The last Super Bowl Brady was in was against the Eagles, wasn't it? Yes. And he had a play where he swung out right um, <laughs> and then... And then, the and then Philly yeah. did it
1: properly. Yeah. yeah,
2: and then Philly did it properly. So that was four because it was uh, Trey Burton who threw the Philly was, special, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, I so that would have been four. Throw the uh, the one to Brady. I, I don't know, was maybe. It? Um, oh, maybe it was Myers. Jim, you could say it. you could say anyone. I don't know, mate. It could have <laughs> been on. Bill Belichick <laughs> I'd agree with you. Um, but no, I, I'd agree with that. I'd go over just for a bit. You're taking fun. that bet, are you? Yeah. Punk. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean there'll
2: always there'll always be
1: some some weird trick play where Tyreek Hill's gonna throw it to you know Kelsey or something or or there's gonna be a you know an injury and a a, a backup quarterback's gotta come in for two plays, you know. You you never know. You could see a repeat of uh, uh Chad Henney coming in and 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 throwing a three yarder to on fourth down to win the Super Bowl. You never know. <laughs>
2: yeah. Or fake pun,
1: it could be anything.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm. There be a million ways to do it. Almost done then, boys. How about the
0: Gatorade shower (laughs) colour? What? I'll go for the standard
1: orange. Stop taking orange. (laughs) The (laughs) winner will get drenched in orange. Whatever colour it is. Yeah, I'll go go with orange. Dave, what do you reckon? Pick a colour, any (laughs) colour.
0: Beige. (laughs) Beige, I'm going beige. Orange is the (laughs) favourite. Clear is second favourite. Red slash pink is at 3 to 1. Yellow, green or lime is at 3.3 to 1. Then blue and then purple. Right, It's it's likely to be orange, I think. I mean, this content
2: is (laughs) award-winning.
0: These are what people bet on on the Super Bowl, Dave. You obviously have no idea what's going on with the Super Bowl betting, but these are the things that people go for.
2: I'm no, sure do you know what I'm interested in? You know, bingo as well. I yeah. tell you something. When it comes when it comes down to Super Bowl, I'm interested in the game and the food. That's what it's all about. The Super Bowl <laughs> that's grub. That's part of it.
0: You're missing out on all these. Oh, that's, that's the most
2: part of it. And normally, I don't have to worry about betting on. You know, worried about supporting the Broncos in the Super Bowl. That's normally not a thing. So I can normally focus on the grub. It's been five long like a deerly eerily and crisp sandwich for the Super Bowl. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> to say Trickin I have made Salad the cream. executive
1: decision this year to re-watch last year's halftime show with Shakira and J-Lo rather than the weekend. But oh. yeah, that's just my personal choice. Don't knock until you've seen it, Punk. It could be really good. <laughs> it
2: wasn't last year's resound, resound as being one of the worst Super Bowl halftimes ever.
1: Yes, but I don't have to no. listen to it. I can just watch J-Lo and Shakira.
0: I can uh, I can name okay. you five you worst Super Bowl <laughs> halftime shows just off the top of my head.
2: I mean, we've already discussed we've already discussed the color of the Gatorade and the, the national anthem. Can we not discuss <laughs> halftime Super Bowl shows, please? Can we talk about the Pro Bowl instead? Come on.
0: <laughs> Christ, last thing, last you, thing,
2: think? Dave.
0: Last thing, and then we're going. All right. What is going to be the score? I'm not going first.
1: I haven't thought about this. I ain't got a clue. <laughs> All right. I'll All do right. it. I'll do it. Chiefs will win mhm um and it
2: will be 41-27 oh, wow nice Come i can't then. remember the last time there was a score-a-thon in the super bowl really well, last Eagles, year was, was pretty good. The Pat Eagles, Eagles wasn't well, it? It was forty-one thirty-three or something. Oh, and and um, what's called Falcons, uh, Patriots as well. That was a that was a great but even. Sport, last year, the, the end
0: score was pretty good. It was uh, you know over yeah. twenty points. It just it was a slow burner last year, wasn't yeah. it?
2: It was the second yeah. half
1: where it all really kind of kicked off.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say that the. Bucks score over 30 points and the Chiefs got under 30 points. So take it as 31-29 if you want, I don't care. But that's what I'm, I'm sticking with. Do you think the I Bucks think the are going Bucks to
0: win this win. game then? I
2: think The Bucks will win. The only thing that's going to annoy me is that people will still be on the um, Tom Brady GOAT bandwagon, which I've now decided he's not a GOAT. Um, he's just the most successful player in NFL. It doesn't make him the greatest of all time. So... <laughs> it's true he's not the goat I'm sorry Mo- more titles don't equal better John O'Shea has got five Premier League medals Thierry Henry has none Manny Pacquiao is an eight weight world champion no one thinks Manny Pacquiao is the greatest I'm sorry they just don't Bill Russell's got 11 NBA championships <laughs> no one thinks Bill Russell's the greatest I'm sorry I'm not having that argument he's not the goat he's just won the most done he's a very lucky boy so, I will
1: lay down another marker and yeah. say that not only will Mahomes and the Chiefs Repeat. They will threepeat. Oh,
2: nah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah. Dave, Kansas Mike wanted me to ask you who you're supporting for the Super Bowl. Are you supporting Tom Brady? Or are you supporting the yeah, Chiefs? the Bucks. I'm supporting the Bucks.
1: You're supporting Tom Brady. hundred uh-huh, you're, you're rooting for Tom Brady.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm supporting the Bucks.
1: I'm not rooting for anybody. I'm just an interested <laughs> observer who has an opinion. Mm. <laughs> well, we'll all be watching it on Sunday and
0: what's uh, wrong
2: with what's wrong with supporting the Bucks <laughs> oh. it's nothing with supporting the Bucks I'm not support number 12 I'm not supporting I couldn't care less whether <laughs> Brady wins it or not I'm really not all that bothered if I'm honest the problem is I would expect um anyone who is in the division with the Broncos to be supporting against them during the Super Bowl and I would embrace that I would wholeheartedly embrace that but the fact is if the Raiders were in a Super Bowl, I don't care who the Raiders would be playing, I will be supporting against them. Same goes for the Steelers, just because I wouldn't <laughs> want to see you jubilant. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the same way that you would be support you would be supporting anyone but the Broncos. Mm. So it's just that it's just that thing in sports that we do. And it's also the fact that I'm kind of supporting the underdog as well. I know that sounds weird to say in the fact that it's Tom Brady, but mm. I, I heard a very, very interesting stat the other day. So Uh, this is going slightly off topic but still about the Super Bowl so everyone knows who Steph Curry is right yeah yep okay anyone that doesn't in the audience he is he plays for Golden State and he is widely regarded as being the best three-point shooter in the NBA ever I'm right in saying that right Yep. he is regarded as the three-point goat to the point where he has now changed the league Golden State have changed the league in such a way where they got the best three-point shooters through three-pointers and created a dynasty where they won, what was it five in eight years or something stupid like that? It's over now. So but he yeah, is, did well. Yeah, he is. It's very much over now. They are garbage <laughs> now. But he created a, a change in the sport. Okay. Now, statistically, it is more likely at the beginning of each season, statistically, that Tom Brady will get into the Super Bowl then Steph Curry will sink one three shot.
0: That, oh, Statistically.
2: Stupid stat. that, that is stupid the greatest stat that I've ever heard. It's brilliant. So it's a 50% chance that Tom Brady will be in the Super Bowl. 20 years, 10 Super Bowls. Steph Curry's three-point conversion, 47%. How
0: many three-pointers does he shoot? Oh, God's sake. That's not a good one, Dave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> but it's true, it is it absolutely. Is. I think we're now so, officially scraping the bottom of the barrel. It just goes we? to yeah. show. that was he the worst of the show show from this week,
2: <laughs> and the award for the most irrelevant stat of the week goes to. Hang on. You were talking about Gatorade and the length of a national anthem. Don't give me that. I expect <laughs> answers on all of this, by the way, Jim. When we come when we come to record after the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I expect you to know exactly how long it was. I yeah. want to know how many B-52 bombers went over the stadium. I want to know how long it took Shakira to hold a note on the national anthem. I want to know how high the flag was on the pole. I want to know all of that. You'll know it all, man. Because well, we're going to be recording a,
0: a post-Super Bowl uh, podcast after, the day after the Super Bowl happens. Um may have some extra people on here we'll see how we go and uh, then we'll be delivering it to you guys out there so make sure you're following us on twitter at jim and the king at denver dave 30 at punk underscore raider uh, checking out jim and the king.com uh, for all of our stuff on there but boys until sunday i've been jim that's been never dave that's been punk raider thank you so much for listening <laughs>